Yo, yo. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to VUX World. I'm your host, Kane Sims. And uh, today's going to be a good one. We're coming thick and fast with these podcasts. And uh, we've got a fantastic guest lined up today. We've got an exciting topic lined up today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the future of interactive marketing, the future of interactive audio ads specifically. Uh, but before we do that, before we welcome on today's guest, I'd like to give a shout out to the VUX World sponsor. The presenting sponsor for this episode of VUX World is Deepgram. Now, uh, Deepgram is an amazing company doing some fantastic work uh, on the speech recognition front. Uh, one of the world's leading speech recognition providers, ASR providers. And so if you are in the market for an ASR piece of technology, if you're building voice bots, you're building voice assistants, whether you're working on you know, on-device um, assistance or, or hard voice activating hardware, whether you're voice activating apps, whether you're working in call centers, it doesn't matter where you're applying this technology, you will need speech recognition. And Deepgram are one of the leading providers out there extremely cost effective extremely high accuracy and you'll do you'll be hard pushed to find uh, to find a better provider so do check out deepgram.com forward slash vux world if you are interested in learning more that is deepgram.com forward slash vux world they often do a lot of benchmarking they'll benchmark different providers against each other and show you how it performs versus other providers and so if you are looking and you're trying to narrow down your search you're trying to find the right provider for you then then definitely reach out to the team at Deepgram. Thank you, Deepgram, for sponsoring this episode of VUX World, uh, which is all about interactive audio ads, voice-enabled ads. All right. I'm super, super excited to get into this conversation with the CEO of, I want to say the leading, but it might actually be the only interactive audio, audio ad platform out there, <laughs> which is which is absolutely crazy. It is Staz Tashinsky of Instreamatic. Staz, welcome. Thank you, Kane. Excited to be here today. Likewise, I'm excited to have you. I'm absolutely over the moon. I've been following Instrumatic for a long time. Uh, I think it might have been probably 2018 when I first started coming across your kind of case studies and stuff like that, and definitely been following you online for a long time, following the progress of Instrumatic. Raised, raised a round of funding at the start of the year. Congratulations on that. And it uh, seems like things are going from strength to strength, so, so congratulations and, and thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No worries, no worries. So, so where did it come from then? Where did Instreamatic come from, um, and, and what does it do for those that who those that don't know Instreamatic? What does it do, and where does it where did it come from? Instreamatic helps brands engage in the art of human conversation, and we enable ads that talk back. We call them voice ads, uh, and voice ads are built on the elements of human conversation: two-way dialogue, active listening, attention to nuance, and consent. Let me give you a quick example. Mm. Um, imagine you're listening to your favorite music streaming app. And instead of getting a regular 30-second audio ad, you would hear something like this. Hey, Starbucks is here. Do you want to skip the line in the morning and have a hot cup of coffee waiting for you? And you can say, yeah, I love that. All right, this is what you need to do. Download our app. Or you can say, no, I don't like coffee. You know, go away. All right, sorry about that. We'll try harder next time. And that interactivity enables or creates a very rich relationship between a brand and a consumer because now brands can actually listen what matters to people. And that changes, from our perspective, all marketing fundamentals. Mm, because presumably most marketing is, you're learning most of the time based on what people click or whether someone ends up either visiting a site or whatever it might be, but the insights typically are, they're not as um, qualitative, are they? Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, so traditional marketing, I'm talking about print, TV, and radio, it was just a one-way communication. Then digital marketing came along, and it provided clicks, which equals interest. So if you're interested, you click. But, but then you don't know why 99% of people don't click on your ads. You just don't know. And that leads to, to something that marketers call remarketing, but that something also annoys a lot of people because they don't understand how it works. So it's like, how come this website knows that I saw these shoes yesterday on, some, on another website? Mm. And uh, voice marketing and voice technology allows brands to learn about those who are not interested for the very first time. And if you know that Kane is not interested in these shoes, 
then first you can come back with a different message or different product, or you can start wasting your ad dollars and <laughs> freaking came out <laughs> with, you know, was chasing him on the internet with the same banner. Interesting. Yeah. Ads that talk back is an interesting concept. Where, so what's your background and where did, how did you get kind of like to the point of, of creating industry? Mike, is your, is your background in marketing? Is that your history or did it, is it something that you kind of stumbled into? Um, so the company uh, stemmed out from a music streaming app. So we were, uh, building uh, a music streaming app in Eastern Europe. And back then, we thought we were we were just trying to figure out how you can make money in, in, in music streaming because I, and I think that that is still true today. Uh, it's close to impossible to make mm. money on music streaming. I think, I'm not sure, but I think only Spotify uh, reached, uh, reached break-even several quarters ago. And we lost a lot of companies along the way. Um, so yeah. And, and the reason for that is that people don't like paints for subscriptions in general. Mm. And at the same time, back then marketers were not excited about audio ads. And even though they're a lot more excited today, still CPMs are low, uh, especially comparing to video ads. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, video ad market is 70, seven zero billion dollars mm. in the U S only. And the audio ad market is somewhat around digital audio somewhat around three billion right uh, dollars in the u.s interesting and and um and we realized that the engagement is the engagement challenge the click problem is the biggest um is the biggest challenge that the audio marketers have the medium itself works great but because mm. marketers can measure performance they prefer to spend more money on facebook google and youtube mm. and voice technology now solves this challenge and allows not only it allows to measure performance and audio, but also it puts voice tech and voice marketing at the forefront of marketing communication because you can learn so much before you launch your full scale campaign across all the other marketing channels. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So audio ads, I mean, is it is the is the spend on audio ads typically a lot lower than video ads because of a audience thing is there less people listening to audio than there is watching videos on on youtube for argument's sake like is is that part of the reason or is or is it because marketers in general don't really believe in audio advertising in its current form without the interactivity mm -hmm. on it last time i looked at the data i saw that 77 percent of internet users uh, consume audio content one way or another, either radio, music, podcasts. Mm. Um, and so the reach is there. Uh, it's, so definitely it's not, the, it's not about the audience, not about the scale. I think it's really about measurement. And if you, if you attend any audio conference, audio advertising conference, mm -hmm. the, the attribution and the, the measurement is the key topic every mm. year. Yeah. What, what, how, how is it, how is it that, that, that typically works then? Cause I know that, um, I know of other companies who have experimented with some form of advertising on smart speakers. In fact, I know that, um, say it now, uh, I've been doing some interesting work with global radio. I don't know if you've caught this in, in the UK, essentially they've partnered mm -hmm. with global radio. They run ads on smart speakers, people listening to radio stations on smart speakers. And essentially the call to action is invoke a skill on the smart speaker so it's not it's not interactive in in, in the in the matic sense it's mm -hmm. a, a call to action to then leave that radio station and, and launch a skill and the the use case is basically being charity donations and so you'd listen to a radio ad it would ask you to go and make a donation you would invoke the skill and then it would uh you'd make the donation <clears throat> and i know that the way that they've been tracking that is probably in a, in a way that i imagine most marketers are forced to do which is basically recognizing the time that an, that an ad goes out and then understanding the traffic in the skill and, and correlating that to the time that the ad ran um now it's not an exact science necessarily but that's kind of the the, the way that's kind of went. apparently it's apparently it's not going too bad but i'm wondering whether before we get into instrument whether you can share some of the other limitations that that are currently exist on traditional audio ad platforms is it is all attribution based on timestamps and then trying to kind of like reconcile activity elsewhere like on a landing page and reconcile that with a timestamp or what are the challenges with it, with it when it comes to measuring audio ads as a currently stand 
targeting used to be a big problem, but uh, I would say all all the top uh, audio platforms are now really good with it. And while and uh, what they did is that they made everybody sign up. So you can consume music on Pandora, on iHeart, and, and all the other apps without signing up. And that wasn't the case uh, like four years ago. And they needed that to get some first-party data to learn something about their audience to enable targeting. So I think they solved the targeting issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I mean, the, the big platforms enhanced the industry at scale. Uh, but attribution is still still a big challenge, and that drives very low CPMs, which I think is really unfair given how highly emotional audio marketing is. And the reason why it's very emotional, and, and in some ways it's really it's actually perfect, is because you spark imagination. So imagine you hear that, and the ad says, "Hey, just take this perfect trip to Rome." enjoy your fit you amazing cup of espresso and on and on and you and each listener will have their own perfect picture of that trip unlike with video when you show the picture and it may resonate or it may not Mm. so i really think that uh that audio has been unfairly discounted when it comes to uh advertising pricing Mm, yeah I, I, that makes me think of so I used to make music years ago and uh, I what used to always frustrate me was music videos because I used when I used to listen to me I used to go to bed listening to music I used to listen to music 24-7 used to make music a lot and whenever I used to listen to music I used to close my eyes and that's in fact how I still test voice applications now is I close my eyes and I talk yeah. to it and, and, I, and it helps me visualize and picture what it sounds like and I used to hate music videos because the image that I would create in my mind when I heard a song would never match the video that, that it would be on MTV or whatever. It was, so there'd be a bit of dissonance there between wow, my expectation of what the song should look like, weirdly, and what the actual video looked like. And so you're right that audio has such a kind of like unique impact on people in a sense of what you picture when you hear a sound might be totally different to what I picture when I hear a sound, but it doesn't really matter that you picture different things. What matters is your connection to that sound. And so I can imagine that, you know, if you were just to compare, you know, the the potential effect on the human brain between video and audio, I would imagine that audio has the potential to be quite powerful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's definitely not worse than video it has its own strengths and benefits so video is great as well in but i think uh, audio has its own significant benefits that that it can and, and its own significant value that it can mm. create for marketers and for brands so yeah so i really think that it's again super unfair that uh, audio platforms are generating such low cpms right now and is that something that you think industry might might be able to assist with like is, is the aim of instrumatic obviously i imagine that the business model is that you charge advertisers to add, to use the technology to build the ads but then if an instrumatic powered ad is running in something like a, a spotify playlist is is there a revenue share with the platform or or not how, how, how does it kind of how does it work does it, yeah how, how, does, how does that sound things work so on the publisher side we we offer two business models to our clients to publishers to platforms they can either just license the technology and then they can sell the ads or they can connect to our marketplace and then we will monetize their content and we will share revenue with them on the marketer side uh yeah we we aggregated a lot of knowledge from the case studies and the campaigns that we have run and we're talking about i think more than 100 right now um, and so we provide best practices and work on what works, what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And we also sell uh, voice ads on a CPI basis, which is cost per intent. So not traditional CPM, which is cost for, per thousand impressions. And that resonates with marketers because they pay for performance. Mm-hmm. If somebody is not engaging or the engagement was irrelevant, for example, it was just a chatter in the background, then they don't mm-hmm. pay for it. Um, and it, at the end of the day, it generates 
significant uplift in uh, in ad yields for publishers because people mm. do talk to ads. Interesting. That is interesting. So it's a little bit like YouTube, I suppose, where if someone skips, you don't pay for it. Whereas if they watch, you do pay for it. <clears throat> That's decent. Mm-hmm. Where where can where can a end user expect to interact with an industry mic ad today? What channels? What platforms? Where 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 is it available? And secondly, where is it possibly available? Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the US, we are live on Pandora. We are live across uh, 200, more than 200 mobile apps that represent uh, radio stations, digital radio, so um, apps owned by companies like Salem Media, Federated Media, uh, Midwest Family, and, and others. We're also live in India with Ghana. This is India's largest music app. They have more than 150 million monthly active users. Uh, we are integrating with uh, several large publishers as we speak, um, both in India and in other markets. So we're live in Russia. We we just started in Japan, and we expect to go live in, in several new markets uh, a little bit later. Um, and that's an, big news that we are now expanding into video verticals. So very soon we'll introduce conversational video ads um, Interesting. To, to, market, to marketers. Interesting. We'll definitely have to talk about that. Um, what does it take then for for a um, a platform to support Instamic? Because let's 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 say if you're let's take Spotify, we have an app. Um, it's a music playing app. Largely, the interface is predominantly tap and swipe. Um, however mobile phones have a microphone on them so what what would be the what would be the process for a company like a spotify to incorporate instrumatic into its platform the platform has to integrate our code uh, sdk and uh, that sdk it manages the ad experience so the moment it it get activated by the app it unpacks this dialogue-based advertising experience. And then when the experience is complete, it reports the, uh, the intent, but what actually happened, and then it uh, actually, and that's it. Um, and yeah, and on the, on the back end, we are fully uh, compatible with the existing ad tech ecosystem. So, right. you know, so it's really easy and no integration required in terms of plugging in an instrumatic into uh, existing pipes employment of the ad tech. Mm, interesting. And so where do you see this most, where, do you, where is it mostly applied now? Is it mostly applied in apps? Is it mostly via smart speakers? Like what kind of surface is it most commonly used on at the moment? It's native iOS and Android apps. Um, currently, all the smart speaker companies they don't allow any kind of interactive advertising for everybody so it's it's a policy thing not a technical issue technically we can do it right now uh, but because all of them banned and it's it's still you know a lot of people tell me this but it's such a such a natural place for voice activated advertising because it's Mm. voice enabled environment but no uh, yeah there is no clear answer why they don't allow voice enable advertising they, and why they prefer old school 30 second audio. Mm, a strange one that because you're right. It seems perfect. And, and it's much better than the interruptive 30 second long ad because you have the choice about whether you are interested in it or not. And it utilizes the, the absolute fundamental nature of the platform, which is its interactivity. Mm-hmm. So it's uh yeah, it's interesting that, um, so I'm assuming then that this this can run anywhere with a with a, a operating system and a microphone. You know, potentially there's nothing stopping this from running on smart speakers. There's potentially nothing stopping this from running in cars, for example. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Eventually it'll be everywhere. And what's happening right now is that every medium is becoming voice enabled. So audio was at the forefront of it. Now TVs are growing really fast in terms of voice tech adoption and voice interface. Then we're gonna see. Uh, voice-enabled fitness apps, gaming apps, uh, well, navigation is already voice-enabled. So, like, every medium is going to be voice-enabled, mm. both from the content perspective and from the advertising perspective. Mm. So, as an advertiser, you've got 
the sorry, can, 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 can I ask a quick question? Yeah, go on. Let, let's say we can do interactive podcasts right now, um, yes. like like the Black Mirror episode, the, the interactive yeah. one. Would you be open to making, producing a lot of content and and you would know that people probably won't hear it all because one person can go in that direction mm-hmm. another person can go in a, in a different direction. Would you like that? Situation? I think so. I think so because it, because the, there is more, it makes everything unique for everyone based on what they would prefer. And also mm-hmm. you've got potential for increased engagement. It's very, it's not very often people listen to a, a podcast episode more than once, but if they know that there's other things in there, which they didn't experience the first time around, then potentially they may come back around the second time and see what else is, is, is around there. So I think there's there's an opportunity there for something like that, definitely. Mm. Mm. Is that up the pipeline? Like, is it the interactive? Uh, it just came to my mind. I was curious uh, how, how you feel about it. How you feel about the fact that you will have to produce, let's say, an hour-long content and on the average, people will hear 30, 30 minutes of it. Because, for example, we're talking and then you ask me, one question, and then you ask me a different question, and then the, the, the listener decides, oh, I don't want to hear that, that answer. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear them discussing another topic, so I'm going to go that way. Yeah. I think, well, you do that with anyone who's ever built an Alexa skill before has, has done that. You know, you have to build out a, a whole bunch of stuff that no one might ever use, and you don't really know that until you've gone through the process. And mm-hmm. so it's, yeah, that's just part of the part of the process i think i suppose it depends on the overhead doesn't it if you if i mean for, for me i just I've, the mic's already set up we hit play and we run so we could have a conversation for two hours and then we'd just chop it all up into bits and then and the up the, the, the effort wouldn't be tremendous whereas if it was a full-on produced thing with music and you know everything's been scripted and properly designed then it could take months just to create one <clears throat> one kind of thing couldn't it but um i think in principle that's that's decent because you know, I don't know if you've seen, did you see the, the um, digital radio and audio review that the UK government published last week? No, I haven't. So it's really interesting. Essentially what it is, is that uh, the government commissioned a review and uh, a, a lot of radio stations in the UK were involved in doing the review. Uh, BBC were involved. Uh, I think Black Bauer Media were involved. And they were reviewing emerging technologies and looking at the changing landscape of radio consumption, essentially. And they recognized that smart speakers, something like 67% of people who have a smart speaker listen to radio on the smart speaker. So they identified smart speakers as being like a replacement for radio. They're going to decommission the FM radios. Everyone's moving to DAB radios. There's a bunch of people who won't have access to DAB signals. So they they think that smart speakers are going to be a replacement. Anyway, the upshot of the... um, the report was that it it recommends that legislation is brought in to smart speakers so that smart speaker manufacturers and voice assistant providers have to uh, always guarantee free access to UK radio stations and also have to, I think they phrased it as something like that it requires privileged carriaging, (laughs) which which essentially means like like prominent positioning on the platform essentially is what I translate that to. Uh, And the way that I read, I read every single word of that report. I read in a pretty extensive review of it on VUX world. And my take on it was that the radio industry is attempting to try and shield itself from the inevitable disruption that the internet brings. That's now bringing it towards the radio industry because you have things like interactive mediums now in streamatic interactive ads alexa google assistant interactive voice assistants interactive internet basically um and one of the things i was talking about is the fact that radio hasn't changed forever and podcast but with what getting around to the point is making me think that podcasting hasn't actually changed in forever either and it's very similar in that it is a one-way street and there's no dialogue there's no interactivity this is good because people can make a comment but fundamentally it's a one-way street you know so i think that this technology has the potential to disrupt quite a few industries i'm sure you would agree oh definitely um if we look at the macro trends people always choose faster and more interactive content consumption and tiktok is a great example and uh yeah and and our life is just getting more intense, which means that we need to make more decisions every day and make them faster. And that affects how we consume content. And so if any content producer that, uh, that doesn't adapt, I mean, eventually they're going to, 
they're going to disappear because mm. you know government protection can only you know can only last uh, it can last forever mm. people don't want to they want to if people want to know what they what they're going to hear and they want it fast and now and right now and then they want to switch in two minutes then you know <laughs> <laughs> offering them to listen for three hours it's it's tough but i think the big question is why is radio still around and i think the the, the honest answer is that people love radio because they don't need to, to to control the content they can turn it on and it plays in the background for as long as you want mm. and uh and, and i also read some I, I, I probably shouldn't call it like a proper study, but it was like a small study which showed that longer YouTube videos, so longer podcasts sometimes gain a lot more listens and views than shorter ones because people want to listen, them and listen to them in the background while they're working, for example, or while mm-hmm. they're doing something. So mm-hmm. if it ends too early, like in 30 minutes, people feel disappointed and they want it. They don't want, they don't even want to start listening to it. They want something mm-hmm. that's an hour long. Well, two hours long because they're about to be really busy and they don't want to go back to thinking, you know, what should I, what should I play next? Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose it's horses for courses, isn't it? You've got some, sometimes you're in that mode where you want in that kind of like micro content sort of thing. Other times you're in a mode where you you want something ambient and that's playing in the background for Instrumatic as a, as a company who is really positioning itself in, in that interactivity space, how do you sort of approach that more longer form audio space then knowing that it might just be on in the background and possibly potentially a prompt for an interactive with an ad might not be heard or whatever. What are your thoughts on, on that sort of longer form audio space and, and, and whether Instrumatic fits, fits into that? So our vision and our goal and the strategy is to voice enable the entire marketing cycle. And advertising is the first application of the technology. And even within the advertising space, we see multiple use cases. So, so the first one that we already discussed is this dialogue-based format, which is perfect for on-demand environment. It could be podcasts, it could be music, on-demand music, pure plays. But then we have a lot of linear uh, streaming consumption. And this dialogue-based format isn't a great fit because you have to really fit in the 30-second spots. Mm. And uh, now we are introducing this product that we call Active Audio. So it's a wake-work-based activation solution that allows you as a listener to respond either to an ad or to a content just by saying the wake-work. So it can be... Hey podcast, um, open the web page that this guy just uh, you know just promoted. Mm. Or for example, if you if we're discussing something and you say, "Hey listeners, uh, I'm curious, what do you think about why radio is still alive?" Let me know right now. And a lot mm. of people can just say, you know, "Hey podcast," that's the way for it. For it's just an example. Mm-hmm. And then the, everybody can give their opinions. And then you'll see all the analytics and all the responses. So not only can be used for advertising, it also can be used for uh, for voice engagement with the audience. Mm, interesting. And presumably, when you're talking about voice enabling the whole marketing cycle, you you referred to video earlier on. I'm assuming that you you can see a world where not just mobile and and smart displays or whatever, but <clears throat> I think TV seems to be an absolute a place that's absolutely desperate for something like this where you know i'll tell you what my my ultimate frustration at the moment is right there is a tv mast i mentioned i was talking to you before we started the recording saying that i've moved right there's a tv mast probably about 50 mile away from here that provides the analog or digital tv signal to most of this most of the north right and it got burnt down and so no one's had any TV for absolutely ages. So we've been using the ITV hub, right? My mate works at ITV, so uh, so I'm not kind of like necessarily not a fan of ITV. But the ITV hub, the most frustrating thing about it is uh, you'll go on there to watch the, watch the TV and you'll, let's say you want to watch live TV. You'll click on whatever's on right now. And every single time you start watching something, it will play probably about three to five minutes worth of ads before you get to the live telly. 
But let's say that you start watching live telly at quarter past six. It'll play you five minutes worth of ads and then the TV, the live TV will start and there'll be an ad break. So you'll be in another five minutes into the into ads. And so it sometimes feels like you've just got, you're just bombarded with ads and it's the most frustrating thing in the world. So yeah. being able to say, skip this one, skip, have, have 150 ads lined up if you want to. And I'll just keep saying, skip, skip, skip. And I'll spend the yeah. same length of time skipping, but at least I might find one in there that I say, yeah, go on then. Yeah, I'm interested in that. Do you know what I mean? So the TV model is, is fundamentally broken. Is that, is that where the video, interactive video ads you think is going? Do you think that's a, a ripe area for, for this to be applied? Oh, for sure. Uh, if we take a look at the recent announcements by Roku and by Comcast, they're doubling down on voice heavily. Um, like, for example, Roku introduced this uh, uh, remote control that catches voice from from uh, from big different distance, so you don't have to actually hold it in front of your mouth. Mm-hmm. You can just give a command and it will catch it from from far away. Uh, and Comcast, the half of the press release, uh, Comcast just introduced their own Comcast TV, and half of the press release just about voice tech. Wow. So, yeah, I totally agree that t- the TV market is ripe for voice revolution, both in terms of how you manage um, the content and also, obviously, how you engage with ads. Mm. Interesting. So, so that's the sort of like the. I suppose the point of consumption, you might call it, the, the the point of engagement, you know, you've got TV, mobile, potentially smart speakers if they get their act together, cars, any, anything that's got a voice voice activity, a mic and an internet connection essentially is, is potentially where you might find a, an interactive ad in the future. What, how do you actually create them then? So let's say if I'm brand X and I want to have an interactive ad running in Pandora, what do I do? How, how, how do I actually do it? So the, the voice set consists of three components. The first one is an invitation to a dialogue. That's like 10 to 15 seconds intro tease that provides the setup. So it's like, hey, like in the Starbucks example, it's like, hey, this is your favorite coffee shop. Which, how about this? It should, it should end uh, with a question. Or with something like, let me know what you want to do right now. Then the second part is user response. So then we, we have, uh, we open microphone for four seconds to allow uh, the listener to respond. And then he or she can say, you know, sure. Yeah. Give it to me. Not now. If all, all the, anything we understand the intent. And then we deliver the third part, which is the consecutive audio with the target action based on the intent. So if the intent was interest, then it'll be, let's say, another 20 second of, uh, of an audio ad with, a, with potentially a link that we can open on, you know, in browser. Or if the intent was no interest, then it can be as short as, all right, thanks, we'll try harder next time. Interesting. That's fair. That sounds fair enough. So, But how... my favorite ones, sorry, uh, when on. people use profanity, we call it strong no intent. So if you're you're strongly not interested, then we think it's the best place to respond with a joke. Yeah. It it can be like, uh, does your mother know you talk like this? (laughs) That's good. That's so is that handled by the platform or is that something that the client can specify? So we manage it completely on our end and, uh, we work with brands and with agencies to, to make it funny and engagement, well, funny when appropriate, because not, not, not every time, not, not, not all campaigns can, can be made funny. <laughs> um, but one of my favorite ones was our campaign for IKEA when they leveraged the silence as an intent. Uh, so, so they were promoting sleeping mattresses. Right. And uh, obviously, if you're interested, not interested, then it's obvious what's going to happen next. But then there were people who didn't say anything, was silent. Mm. Silence and uh, IKEA said, hmm, "It's so quiet out there. Maybe you're already sleeping in our great mattresses." <laughs> good night. That's really good. That is mm-hmm. cool. It's interesting. So, so when somebody, so you've got that first bit, the the what people who design uh, voice user interfaces or conversational user interfaces would probably call that kind of like prompt, that welcome prompt, essentially. Here's a setup. Are you interested? Yes or no. 
is there like a standard bunch of intents that Instrumatic has that that is obviously things like yes, I'm interested. Yes, tell me more. Um, I'm assuming that those are kind of like a standard group of intents that you have. But could the client sort of like specify their own intents, for example? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we also have uh, the Easter egg functionality. So this is <laughs> this is a, a feature for true fans. So imagine you're you're hearing in a a Star Wars uh, promotion commercial. Mm. And then instead of giving a, let's say, a standard response, like I'm interested, not interested, you as a true fan can say, let the force be with you. <laughs> and then the entire ad changes to the Darth Vader voice. And then it, he can give you some extra hidden content. Classic. That's quite good. That it, what, what sounds quite, what's good about this is that presumably you, you like, there's a degree of production involved, obviously. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you want to create something that's really engaging rather than like a text to speech voice that just reads some words, it's nice to have a bit of music, a voiceover and, and all that kind of like, essentially the, the, the production quality of, a, of an actual ad, but you've got mm -hmm. the, the interactivity element, but what's quite good about it is that I'm assuming that the, the platform and your technology can actually go on and have, conversational dialogues that can run for as many turns as it needs to. But I think what's interesting about the way you're explaining it is that it completely lowers the barrier to entry to actually doing something because presumably you're, you know, a marketer doesn't need to know conversation design, voice user interface design. They just need to understand those three core concepts of setup, content, call to action, and then they can get up and running without worrying themselves around, you know, intents and NLUs and this and the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Marketers don't have to know anything about the voice tech. Mm. Interesting. And how long would it, so do you get involved in the production of the ads or not? Sometimes, yeah. Well, we are, we are always involved as a uh, best practice provider. Right. And sometimes we're involved in the creative production too. We work with uh, third-party vendors. So we're not a studio. Yeah. But we have third-party vendors that understand uh, how this should work and they produce uh, creatives really fast. Mm, interesting. What are some of the things that you've learned then over the, the last sort of like, I don't know, th three years or so, you know, you've got ad running on Pandora and all this that kind of things. What do you think are some of the like the, the best practices for, for people who are, who've never done it before, they're considering using Instrumatic, they want to go and launch their first ad, what are some of the best practices that you think they should be uh, taking on board? I think one of the most interesting findings was that longer ads work better in this environment. Because originally we thought that it should be around seven seconds long. I'm talking about the intro part, the right. first part. And then we saw that when you deliver a 15-second ad, uh, an, int an invitation to a dialogue. It works better. And the reason for that is because this is a new experience and a new behavioral pattern, seven seconds is not enough for a person to switch, you know, switch the context in the head. So it's like, mm -hmm. oh, this is the end that I should, that I can talk to. So I'm going to focus more on it. What's the question? <laughs> and seven seconds is just not enough. And one of the recommendations is say this is one of those ads that you can speak with. Uh, it's really right. important that kind of drives more attention. Mm. And then always end with a question or with, uh, with a call to action like, uh, let me know if you're interested. Uh, otherwise, it's not going to work because, because then people are not going to expect that, oh, this is when they should actually respond. And also, uh, we saw that when you ask two or more questions, at the same time also doesn't work. So it's like, mm -hmm. uh, tell me, are you interested? Uh, are you going to buy it? Uh, are you available <laughs> tomorrow for, yeah. for, uh, for a test drive? So if you <laughs> answer like two or three questions, you know, in a row, then people get confused and not mm. going to respond to any of them. It's mm, a lot to take in, isn't it? I suppose. Um, Interesting. What are some of the what are some of the sort of results that you've seen, and what, what's like the, what's been the best kind of results from from prompt to engagement what's a typical like uh you know average or successful campaign in terms of number of people that listen to the first prompt versus number of people that mm -hmm. engage 
so the average engagement rate is, I would say, around 10% right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it goes as high as 20 plus, heavily dependent on the creative. And we had one particular campaign, and I think I think it's a very interesting one because it, it was really atypical for us in terms of usually we, we see like, uh, let's say, 5% interest rate and 7% no interest rate. And this mm-hmm. one had 2% interest rate and 19% no interest rate. So we never saw anything like this neither before nor after. And the client thought, oh my God, voice ads, they don't work or it's not for us. And mm-hmm. we told them like, no, this is the most successful campaign we ever did because you were not able to, to learn that, peop- that there is something wrong, either with your brand or with the product or with the message or with the ad. But now you know. Because we mm-hmm. never saw that level of no interest before, so it's a it's a, it's massive success if you look at it from the right perspective. Mm. So a no interest rate would be somebody explicitly saying no, thank you, I'm not interested in this. Right, all the ways you can say no. Right, and an interest the interest rate comes from the number of people that say yes. Yeah, yes, sure, give it to me, uh, I'm ready. Yeah. No, no. So. So run those numbers past me again then. So you said 2% interest rate and ni- 90% no interest or 19? 19. 19. 19. Yeah. What happened to the other uh, 68, 78%? Silence. Ah, so some people just be quiet and don't in, don't mm-hmm. say interesting. Yeah. I wonder how much of that is because they might not necessarily be completely familiar with the interactivity nature of it. That's a good question. Um, well... I, I think some of them uh, just have nothing to say. I mean, they're like, okay, that's an ad. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm neither interested nor not interested. <laughs> Sometimes people are just not there. Uh, when they, as you know, when people consume audio, especially music, they do mm. it in the, in the background and they may just leave the room for, for five minutes and mm. the ad played. Um, yeah, but still the engagement rate is is multiple orders of magnitude higher than any other digital format because the average click-through rate on mobile ads right now is less than 1%. Mm. And voice ads generate 10. So it's not mm. 5% improvement. It's 10, 10, 10 times. Mm, interesting. It's, it's, it's very novel as well, isn't it? You know, it's like a lot of people don't necessarily know that they can talk to adverts yet. And when they eventually try, I wonder how much of it also is like experimentation because it's it's a little bit like you know smart speakers and stuff like that. It's like once you know that you can do something with it, you can then, you then tend to do that more often. Yep. Where, so I think it's almost like even though those early results, and I say early because in this in the scheme of the history of time and the world, this is very early, isn't it? You know, um, but. I wonder when people get more confident, confident, and there's more understanding, there's broader availability. You know, I, I think that'll only only ever get higher, surely. Yeah, yeah, um, it will, and the ads gonna be more um, more relevant mm. because right now we're really at the tipping point, right in the beginning. You can think of voice ads as mobile ads twelve years ago. Mm. Everybody's excited about it, but most people not sure how they should think about them and what's right. Or you can think about, oh, you can remember how video ads got started. I remember that really well because I was somewhat involved, not in video ads. I was involved in, uh, back then I was working at a gaming uh, developer company and uh, mm-hmm. there was a big discussion in the mobile gaming community. Like these companies are pushing video ads, but video ads suck because they, ruined the gaming experience so no gaming developer ever gonna integrate video ads Mm. and we know where they are today every game has a video ad there Mm, interesting so it really just um you know requires some time yeah yeah so what what are your thoughts on um i think that how you've described it i think sounds perfect for now in terms of prompt are you interested or not yes i am okay here's the ad because I think that as people get comfortable talking to adverts, just that initial 
kind of prompt, I think is, it goes a tremendous amount in terms of generating or understanding interest and also giving the user a choice, which is what a lot of ads don't do, especially in traditional channels like radio and broadcasting and TV. Um, do you see a future where these ads will become even more interactive, like multiple turn dialogues and things like that? Or do you think that at the moment there's a sweet spot there with prompt advert? I think that because voice ads generate higher engagement and they have the power of becoming, of being just more relevant, that should lead to lower ad loads. Because now you as a marketer, you don't need to reach a certain frequency number. Sometimes it's three, sometimes it's five, or sometimes we get 20 ads, uh, 20 same ads (laughs) during the month. Mm -hmm. And now if you can have a conversation, you don't need all of that. So the result should be fewer ads and more relevant ads because Mm. now you're actually creating a relationship with the brand and the relationship can last for many years. So imagine, uh, I don't know, uh, you turn 21 and uh, you you hear an ad that goes like, hey, this is Infinity Cars. Uh, We remember that five years ago, we spoke with you and back then you were just... uh, what, 16 years old was too early to talk about uh, buying a car. <laughs> but now it's the right moment. So are you ready? Interesting. Interesting. What what kind of... Um, that that obviously... <clears throat> excuse me. That obviously takes a degree of, of understanding and analytics and all of that kind of stuff to be able to do things like that. And we've spoke, uh, touched on it a little bit earlier on about this kind of like insight that you can that can be generated and the example you gave around um you know people saying no i'm not interested being valuable information which it is because if it was just a 30 second block of of audio then you wouldn't ever get that kind of insight but what is it what's an example of, of some some of the other kind of insight that you've been able to generate for for marketers running ads on the platform we see that continuous uh conversational ads work really great. And by continuous, we mean when you actually connect multiple ads in a single storyline, in a single narrative. And we published uh, the case study that we did for Infinity Cars. And what they did is the first ad suggested schedule in a test drive. And I think uh, they had somewhat, I might be mistaken, but I think they got 19% engagement rate. Um, then the second ad was delivered to those who were not interested in it, in the test drive. And the second ad said, Hey, it's infinity again. Um, how about just visiting our website and, uh, checking out videos and pictures and 5.5% of those who declined the test drive changed their minds and agreed to, uh, to, to, to a landing page. So it shows that, uh, when you, when you know why people are not interested, and who are those people, then you can actually significantly improve efficiency of your marketing campaigns. Mm, that is really good because I suppose then it's, I suppose the question then becomes, is that because the first advert was just kind of like going for a, a real hard conversion when it should have really been trying to engage people? Or was it because the second ad was the second ad and they thought, oh, actually that's more relevant. You know, you've under, there's a personalized element to it, isn't there? You understand mm-hmm. that I wasn't interested in the first thing. How about this? Yep. It's interesting how that kind of works. It doesn't really matter, I suppose, what the cause was, but it, the reality is that the people who declined the first ad are now engaging. So it's a, an ability to have a second bite of the cherry without being so annoying, like the, the retargeting ads that just follow you around the internet. Yeah. And what's really great about it is that it's really clear and transparent to people why this happens. Because they remember, oh, yeah, I talked to Infinity or I talked to this brand before. So obviously they should remember what I say because I told them so. Um, unlike with classical retargeting, when people have no idea why they're seeing this banner of, mm. of a product that they saw on Amazon, for example, last week. Um, so I think, and I really hope that uh, brands will eventually gain a lot more power in a good way when it comes to ad tech. Right now, brands are very limited in, in, in the data they can access and the data they can use for better better advertising experience and i hope that with voice ads will end up uh, in a situation where brands can actually remember their private experience with you their private conversation with you 
Uh, and you as a user would expect them to remember it because that's how we work. When we talk to people, we expect that they don't ignore us. We expect them that they remember the context mm-hmm. and history of our uh, conversation. And that makes it transparent, engaging, and, 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 and creates a very rich relationship between brands and consumers. And that, that's, that can be a great segue into the whole sonic identity conversation, but that's a different topic. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I mean... Well, sonic identity on on the on the audio front has kind of been something that has been understood, I suppose, for a while. You know, you've got certain companies that have various jingles, but the thing is, is that most of the time, there's a there's a guy who um, he started a garage in in Teesside, where I'm from originally, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he used the, uh, the the garages called South Cleveland Garages, and they used to run ads all over the radio uh, in all across the Northeast. And they borrowed the song "Simply the Best," mm-hmm. and it was sort of goes "Simply the Best," but then they re-recorded it, and then instead of goes "Ding Ding Ding," they sing "South Cleveland Garages" like that. <laughs> and so even now to this day, when I hear the song "Simply the Best," I always have to sing "South Cleveland Garages," and you always know. <laughs> You always know, no matter where you are in the world, when someone's from Teesside, because if that song comes on, they'll all sing South Cleveland Garages. <laughs> but, That's hilarious. But the, but the thing is, and this isn't, this isn't just the case for South Cleveland Garages. This is the case, I think, for a lot of brands that advertise on the TV, a lot of brands that advertise on the radio, is that there is at least a degree of understanding about the power of audio. You know, you've got um, various, like... Um, I don't know, the, the Intel is obviously the, the prime example and a lot of other things like, you know, celebrity voiceover actors and stuff like that because they know that the, the audio and the messenger is important. But it never seems to leave that channel. It never seems to leave the radio into their mobile app, for example. The earcons that they use in their Alexa skill is nothing like how their brand sounds on TV and there's just absolutely no kind of integration with any of it all. Um, are you finding that your clients are one taking their sonic identity seriously when it comes to audio ads and interactive audio ads on Instagram, Mike, and then two follow-up question around, are you seeing a more holistic approach to sonic branding in general or not? We are not a creative agency, so we don't, we can't help with sonic identity. I think there are people that know a lot more than us when it comes to sonic identity, but I think the sonic identity can really help, uh, can really help brands with with more engaging conversations through through voice experiences because then if it's that recognizable voice then you don't have to introduce yourself every time and that just makes it more personal uh, unlike you sometimes you even hear the same voices uh, on different radio commercials mm, right? you do. because yeah, it's you usually do. sometimes the same um, talent pool um, yeah so but the, it, it reminds me we were in Germany at Demexico, I think two or three years ago before COVID. And we were in a, in a taxi cab and there was a radio uh, plane and we heard an Ikea commercial. And in Germany, at least back then, they used uh, a, a guy with a very thick Swedish accent. And that just make the, yeah, it's so recognizable. If you hear the guy with the thick Swedish accent, you immediately think, oh, it's, it's Ikea talking. Mm, <laughs> so mm. I'm kind of, and you immediately get in the context. So an advertiser doesn't have to spend five, seven seconds introducing and introducing the setup. Mm, yeah, it does. It's, it's crucially important. I think the, the sonic identity side of things um, in any audio channel, I think that the, the the, the fine line, I think, especially when it comes to the voice acting, is that there's a guy who, and I can't remember his name, but he voices the Datcher commercials in the UK. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Datcher even advertised in the US because I think it's a, a, it might be an Italian car. But, um, and the thing is, when, when the very first time I saw the Datcher advert with this guy doing the narration, I didn't even realize it was Datcher. I only know it's Datcher now because I've seen it so many times and I hear his voice everywhere on the radio, on the, on the TV commercials and stuff. But the very first time I heard it, all I could think about is who on earth is that? Where have I heard that voice before? I'm sure I know this voice. What, Gemma, what voice is this? And so I wasn't even paying attention to the ad. I was just trying to recognize the voice. So I think that the unique voice is crucial. Um, but if it's too familiar... 
I think that potentially could be dangerous territory. He wants something that's unique and recognisable, but not something that's going to distract someone and say, is that Samuel L. Jackson or is that... You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right. Interesting. Totally agree. Yeah, it's interesting. No, I'm looking forward to seeing how, how it kind of goes. Where, where do you think it's... We kind of touched a little bit on where it's heading in terms of, you know, potentially TVs and, and all this kind of stuff. Like, But from your perspectives on where you think the appetite or willingness or enthusiasm for marketers is at the moment and then where you think that we'll see this technology and, and these kind of ads go next. What do you think the next kind of like 12 month has in store, 12 to 24 months? So we already seen more marketers trying voice ads for the very first time. And at the same time, we see more marketers uh, placing repeat buys. And it's a very healthy signal that those who tried it, they want more. And at the same time, we were getting more interest from those who haven't tried it before. And also when it comes to voice-enabled audio ads, uh, they, are, they are attracting new categories of advertisers to the audio space that never bought audio ads before. And I'm talking about performance-focused advertisers. Those who want to measure... Uh, those who want to build, uh, you know, conversion funnels. And now it's possible. Um, so, yeah, we're going to see more brands, more case studies. By the way, we just published the very first industry report on the state of voice advertising. I strongly recommend everybody to go to instrumatic.com and download it. Uh, we aggregated everything we know so far. We talked to many industry experts. And I think it's a, it's a good starting point for the industry. Fantastic. I will put that in the show notes without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, so people can head to VUX.world once it's once it's done and also to Instrumatic.com. Where, where is it? It is Instrumatic.com, isn't it? I'm glad it's Instrumatic.com uh, yeah. and not Instrumatic.ai and this kind of stuff because I'm, I'll see this it.ai domain. Now. It's just a little pet peeve I've got these days. Like, I, mean, I don't know what it is, but I'm seeing .ai all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. And when I was looking at anyone, I thought Instrumatic.com, that's something with longevity. It's something that is global and it doesn't have to be sounding too techy because i think that that's i touched on it earlier on it sounds to me as though the platform is very accessible and that you don't have to be super techy or like a, an advanced technologist to be able to utilize it it's very accessible to all marketers and so yeah just a little observation i had there i thought that's a good move in Thank you. Thank um <laughs> so so i'm assuming that's i'll put the link on here i'm assuming that's where people can go uh to to find out more about industry mic any other uh, any other areas that we think we sh- that people should check out any other ways well, to follow you twitters things like that oh um yeah i'm i'm everywhere but i'm most active on linkedin cool we're still a b2b company so that's and that's where other companies find us perfect Wicked. Well, Stas, this has been absolutely unbelievable. I, I'm a huge, huge fan of of Industry Mike. I said before, I've been been following the journey since since probably 2018 or so, and um, yeah, definitely enthusiastic about this whole voice interactive uh, interactive voice ad space. I think it's literally just getting started, and I think that the 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 growth is only I think going to be limited by people's behaviour and how quickly you can get into certain platforms as in how quickly can you actually get BBC or rather ITV or HBO or whoever it might be to stick Instrumatic interactive video ads into their on-demand player in TVs? How quickly can you get uh, Mercedes to list Instrumatic ads on their, uh, you know, MUBX, uh, you know, head units and infotainment systems? That's, that's, ha- that's half of the only thing I can see that I can see limiting it is, is how fast can you get onto all these platforms? Yeah. Um, exactly. Uh, we, as an industry, we need more scale. Um, so yeah, the, the more platforms activate voice advertising, the faster the industry will grow and the better the world becomes because just to be real here, people don't like ads, but people love brands. Mm. And we think that voice technology can, can kind of make, make the two worlds closer to to each other so that Mm. people can actually enjoy some of the ads. Yeah. And that's the thing is it's, it's enjoyment, isn't it? I think that sometimes everyone, everyone loves a good ad. 
really, don't they? Mm-hmm. People hate ads, but good ads. Everyone's got the yeah. memories of the classic ads for when you were a kid and stuff like that. You know, the mm-hmm. Kit Kat of the panda or the guy who's sitting having a Kit Kat and he's breaking it open. And he's been, did you, did you see that one? I always remember this one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Kit Kat and there's a guy who's panda watching and he's sitting there with some binoculars and he's waiting for ages for these pandas to arrive and they never arrive. Anyway, he turns around, gets a cup of tea, opens a Kit Kat and he has a break. And while he opens his Kit Kat, there's a bunch of pandas behind him dancing about and stuff like that. And then by the time he's finished his Kit Kat, he turns back around, they've all gone away. <laughs> he gets his glasses out again, his binoculars. There's always classic ads, but I think that this medium makes ads, all ads potentially fun because it's novel, mm-hmm. it's engaging. I can I can be involved in it. I don't have to be passive and listen to what you decide is relevant for me. I can decide what's relevant for me and I can just choose to, to you know whether or not to engage in something. So I think it's, it's more relevant advertising, I think, is the, is the important thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's the plan. Nice. Well, Stars, it's been an absolute pleasure. Totally, totally appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, and do, boys and girls, check out instrumatic.com uh, and, yeah, go there, download that report. I'm sure that will be uh, – I'm going to definitely get on that myself, to be fair. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week where we are speaking to Audio Burst on Wednesday night, and we're speaking to Got It AI on Thursday night. So, same bat time, same bat channel. See you soon. Thank you very much. Bye, everybody.